Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner. This is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. Coming to you live from New York. Hey, we got a new sponsor. They paid just this morning. (laughs) But uh, we don't have a commercial. So uh, I'll I'll make one up. Okay, because I don't even know who it is. I saw the, the payment come through and I'm like, I don't know who this is. Yeah, you know, I reached out to say, hey, and after your email yesterday, I was like, uh, one thing. (laughs) Looks like you're making a donation, Pete. So here's the deal. Um, We uh, Uh, Just so everyone understands what Peyton means is I threatened to cut off his his assistant this week. I'm like, he's going to go because I ain't paying for him. Money comes through. All right, he's in. Him or me. (laughs) All right, so uh, today's uh, today's sponsor is. I have to pause for a second. This is my. <laughs> Do you not even know who it is? You're like I was reaching I out to so many people. I'm with you. I just I just wrote to our other sponsor. Okay, logos Bible. Oh, Talk. nice. Oh yeah. Hey, you know we're, we're you can tell you're moving up in the world by the type of sponsors you get, Pete. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Bible software. It's a good thing. You should get it. Go to Logos.com. That's my commercial. I mean, it only give me a script. I'm like a man flying blind here, Pete. So are you saying that they do the whole Bible code and they can tell you, you know, the third word on this page means this, and that means the second coming's on this date? Is that what you mean by Bible software? Absolutely. You see, we once walked and lived among spiritual and giants. That's how there we were... lose sponsors on the first commercial. <laughs> this isn't real, though. 
let's be real. Let's get honest here. They're actually paying for next week. So we're just announcing. This is just a courtesy, but it starts next week. <laughs> That's in case they're listening. They're like, what did we do? <laughs> I have no copy. I have no copy. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. Hey, so well, I got to tell you. Uh, 30 seconds of time talking about them. So, hey. I, I would be happy with that. No bad advertisement. Yeah. No bad advertisement. Look at Trump. No bad advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> so hey brother so let's i gotta talk so i gotta tell you something week, first man? i gotta i gotta tell you before if you, this is your first time tuning into the church planner podcast uh besides our usual we're sorry that you joined us um this is what we call smack talk this is where peyton and i catch up on each other's lives and we'll get into the ministry stuff when we're when we feel like it because even when we start that section we're coming back to smack talk because that's just kind of the way we roll but uh, so right. I, I got to tell you, we had to have some work done on our house. <laughs> not, not like you. <laughs> You've had a lot more work done on your house. Oh, man, you kidding? I'll tell you about that. <laughs> so um, so we had this guy, and and uh, he did a, uh, some work. We needed a lot of our, our eaves replaced because they were just rotten and termites and all that stuff, right? So And they did really good work. And I'm like, hey, man, um, in my garage right here, I want to have a standing table built and then, you know, it's in a corner and I go, and then on this side of the wall, I want a, uh, a sitting table. So it's, you know, basically an L shaped thing where half of it, I can sit at it and the other half I can stand at it. And I'm like, cause I need this for my guns. I need a place where I can clean my guns and then stand and work on my guns. And I'm telling you, he built this thing. It's awesome. Like I'm almost as proud of that as I am with any of my firearms. That's all I'm saying. That's rad, man. Well, I almost texted you this week to ask if you want to join me at the unhappiest place on earth. And I saw you were at the gun range. <laughs> I was, when, when was this? Maybe you were just posting your guns. You know, it's funny. We have, we have a lot to talk about. I mean, it's almost kind of like our main topic today is going to be like what we normally do during Smack Talk, That's which, true. as Pete said, this is Smack Talk. A lot of... A lot of people come on first time. They go, what is this? It's just like to quote Ed Stetzer, two guys living in mom's basement. <laughs> it's just killing time. But what it is is Pete and I actually, we, we just talked real life stuff for a while because we figured you're a church planner and you're either working a job, you know, because, hey, funding, it happens, but it doesn't happen like it used to. So most of you guys are bivocational. You're around non-believers all day. You're having to interact with real life. We hope you're not in an ivory tower locked away uh, like many ministers that never interact with people. You know, they uh, if you're bivocational, you're going to interact with more people by Monday lunch than, you know, your pastor will in an entire week, sometimes a month. So what we do during smack talk, we're just hanging out talking. And a lot of times that becomes instructional. But you, it's like a tipsy roll pop. You got to get through the first 30 minutes to actually get to the good stuff. Yeah. The chewy dark center caramel or whatever it is. Tootsie roll. What is a tootsie roll? I don't know, but tootsie rolls are like, um, when you, when you get those at a Halloween, you know, you're at the, the, the cheap house, (laughs) you know, pretty much you can get a bag of 5,000 for about 50 cents. And, uh, that's, you know, and they, they try to pull that generous thing. Like, Oh, sweetie, go on. Take two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Gee, thanks. But I got to be honest. When I was a kid and I was trick-or-treating, and I got the lime Tootsie Roll or the vanilla or orange cream Tootsie Roll, I was like, whoa! Because those were rare. That was kind of like spotting an albino. You know, that's wrong, isn't it? That's not PC. Sorry, I'm joining the modern world. I can't say things like that. I don't know, man. I don't know. There's a point system in life. I'm just saying, and the other day, I was on the beach, and I saw a little person with a surfboard. And uh, you know the dunes? How the dunes, like, you know this living in California. Sometimes when we get a storm, the, the sand will create a sand bluff. And these things can be like four and a half. They can come up to my neck. And so you either have to go around or you have to try to tunnel your way up. You know, you have to like try to get over the sand bluff because obviously it's made out of sand. And uh, I saw a little person with a surfboard coming in, wetsuit, trying to get up over that thing. And uh, it was it was interesting, to say the least. How did that work? It, it took a while. And, you know, it was one of those things where you're trying not to look, but you're thinking, How's he going to do this? And in, in the end, he got there. And what was really funny is he was laughing the whole time. You know, like he obviously saw the humor of the situation as well. And I was just like, you know, if life were about making points based on what you saw, I just I just scored really, really high because that is something I will probably only see once in my entire lifetime. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because life is actually uh, giving you points based on what you see. That's 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 actually you've nailed exactly what life is. Do do you mean like for example when reaching and reaches two ninety nine on Amazon during the month of November and you only have like a cha-ching? Like you only have a couple days to cash in on that. By the time they Kindle Kindle book deal in the month. By the time they hear this episode, it'll be off. Hey, by the way, man, I hate it when you blow people off and just, you know, basically tell them to go read your book. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> now, that's an inside joke. But, uh, you know, it was funny. Do you want to mention that at all or not? I, are we going we straight into it? Statement. Like you said, it's basically I smack talk. I think we have to. <laughs> I absolutely think we have to. Wait, wait, wait. Doc Brown, kick us off. Great Scott, it's time for this week's topic. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Mr. All Jones? right, you set this one up. Oh, okay. So, you know, I think what we're going to title this episode is what to do when the trolls come a-knocking. <laughs> and, uh, and probably in the church, there are, there are so many trolls, and there are so many wolves, and there are so many false prophets I mean, we got it all, uh, and in that way, I, I guess we should be proud. Hey, we've got everything. We've got all the bad stuff you could you could hope for. But you, as a church planner, as a pastor, you're the one that's going to have to deal with these guys. I mean, um, you and I have seen everything. I, I mean, you and I had a, a pastor that we both know, and, and you know about the situation. He reached out to me, and he's like, hey, look, man. Um, I got a situation and I, I think I need to, uh, to get a firearm to protect myself and my family. And it turns out like, you know, he was actually in fear from his former, uh, uh, senior pastor. Like that's how jacked up some, some situations are. Well, he was getting stalked. 
he was getting was, stalked, and he, he was, was like turning around at every point. He's he's finding the guy drive by his home. He's finding him like coming to his work and just stalking him like kind of creepily, and that freaked him out a bit. It, and who wouldn't it, right? I mean, <laughs> especially because they had a falling out. And he's like, well, "What's going on?" And the guy was really angry and really bitter at him. Yeah, and it, I mean, but I'm just my point is is that there is like, what well, sounds far fetched, but it's just, it. It was legit. We both know this dude. Yeah. Yeah. Solid, solid dude, too. And uh, and he's just like, hey, look, man, I'm he, he was afraid for his family. I mean, he's just like, right. look, I, I'm not I just want to protect myself. Should something come up? And since everyone knows I'm like the uh, I'm like the I don't know, the, the gun enthusiast, to say the least. You know, I'm like, all right, here's what you want. Now let's go get some training. <laughs> you know, I'm like, for me, I was like, I got somebody I can go to the range with. <laughs> right. One man Absolutely. stalker is another man's range buddy. That's all I'm saying. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, so my only point in bringing that up, guys, is is you got to deal with this stuff. And so this last week, um, some of you might have seen this on Peyton's wall. Peyton. Uh, had uh, a, a guy show up and was totally trolling, and we're going to get into that and, and how you deal with it. But it was interesting because Peyton and I both knew the guy, and Peyton even reached out to me before he really responded to the guy because he knew I knew him better. And he's like, hey, you know, what's up with this guy? What's his story? And I was like, look, man, I've been down this path before with him. I, I unfollowed him years ago because he's he's so vile, and I don't mean like, um, like obviously if you if you go and look at the post, you can see all the the language that he uses that's that's inappropriate, really in public, but certainly someone who's sitting there trying to like champion the Christian way, um, but I don't mean vile like that. Like he's so hate filled, yeah, and and I mean like very very hate filled. And has been for years. And so I had unfollowed him, right? That's one of the cool things that I think Facebook allows you to do is instead of unfriending someone, you just unfollow them. You know, because I don't want to be the the jerk who just unfriends everybody. But there are so many people who I don't, I don't agree with what they say. And I just hate seeing it in my news feed. And I am positive. Life is short, man. Yeah, and I am positive people are unfollowing me, right? Because I am, right. I am the same thing to them that they are to hey, me. Face, Facebook told me you wouldn't be able to tell if I did that. They well, they, here's here's my own personal philosophy, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I think when I unfollow someone, eventually my stuff stops showing up in their feed as well, so we can still correct. be friends, but they're not seeing my stuff, and and I'm not seeing their stuff. And he had recently started commenting on my posts again. And so I just ignore him. I literally don't respond to him because right. his arguments are so out <laughs> in left field, like just out of this world bonkers crazy. And so right. Peyton reaches out to me and says, what's up with this dude? And I tell him, I go, look, man, just don't even respond to him. Like, you know, as, as you said in the post, Normally, I don't feed the trolls. You know, just don't feed the troll. Just just right. walk away, ignore it. And so, like, 30 minutes later, I go into Facebook, and I'm like, he fed the troll. <laughs> and I'm reading your posts. And it's like, and he's getting more and more angry. And then your brother comes in and just, like, for a lack of a better term, 
uh, unloads a pocket nuke on him. <laughs> he just blows which is, him which up. Is kind of his talent, his right. unique special gift. Which, which then, you know, like he didn't really even know how to deal with it because now he's dealing with someone who's, you know, a devout. Well, not, I don't know if devout's the right word, but he's. Hey, look, I'm an atheist, so you can't use any of those those arguments with me, and I. I actually know this stuff probably better than you do. He does. It, yeah. Which I knew he did, right? But, yeah, you know. And so I, I, at first I was just kind of like, I can't believe Peyton even responded to the guy. Yeah. And, and so I just didn't go in there at all and say anything yeah. until he had been gone for a couple of days. And um, and then someone that both you and I respect a ton went in there and said some um, interesting things. And it was on the topic of socialism. Yeah. And, and so I went in there and I replied to him with, with, you know, my thoughts on it. And then of course he shows back up and I was like, you gotta be kidding me, dude, seriously, go away already. (laughs) And so that's what we're going to talk about is what do you do when the trolls come a knocking? Well, and here's the thing. I mean, you know, thanks for setting that up because it's not just about the internet trolls. Like I, I had to weigh it, which is why I kind of talked to you. Like it wasn't a quick push button response. It was okay. I got to think about this. It, it, you know, sometimes in life you got to decide to walk away from this and Ecclesiastes points out, there's a time to fight and there's, there's a time for war and a time for peace. There's a time to fight and there's a time to walk away. And this was one of those times where it was obviously time to fight. And I can remember. Now, why do you think it, it was obviously a time to fight? Well, a couple reasons, and this this is what I want to talk about because I'm, I'll come back to that question. But okay. um, we live in a in a in a weird world where the internet. You know, people will say things like, you know, the internet it it changes us, it makes us cowards. You know, hide behind keyboards. There's a certain degree to which that is true, and yet. Um, people have always been cowards. I think the internet simply magnifies what you actually are. Mm. Um, if you're a pervert, the internet's going to magnify that. If you're kind, the internet's going to ma- you're going to see that. If you're a good leader, the internet will broadcast that. If you're a bad leader, the internet will broadcast that. If you listen to people, the internet will broadcast that. I mean, everything you are just gets amplified. You know, it's by the internet. It's interesting that you say that because that's actually the way that I feel about money. Money makes you more of what you already yes. are. If you were already, I one hundred percent agree. Yeah, I one hundred percent agree with that. I think how people will say like, "Oh, money changes you." No, money brings out what you actually already were. It just, it just, you know, you have power now, and you you lose a certain degree of accountability. I remember when I inherited money from my dad years ago. I felt different. Like I would go into a restaurant and I'd be like, "I belong here." No, no, no. Granted, it was the sizzler, and you're like, I'm doing the buffet, (laughs) baby. No, but it was like you, 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 there is a lack of accountability. So I think that is what the dynamic where you, uh, you know, you used to say something. You'd say money solves a lot of problems that not having money can't. (laughs) Yeah, that (laughs) not having money creates. That's right. Correct. There you go. And, and, and I just, I, I always think about that. Like that is a brilliant, that is so true. And yet, you know, kind of like Paul, I've known what it is to have an abundance and I've known what it is to have a lack. I mean, you know, when, when this guy was talking, um, on online the other day and we'll, we'll get into more of the specifics. I remember thinking to myself, you know, this guy's never been on the mission field and yet 
that always gets me. Like when people want to talk about mission and they really want to, and I think how many years were you a missionary? Like how poor have you been? Like, because you've decided to leave home and friends and family and career. And, you know, I've been poor. I mean, I've, I've lived off of potatoes and beans. It was potatoes, toast, beans, and eggs. Those were my four things I could afford to buy. And I lived like that for about two years. And I dropped a ton of weight, even though those are all carbs. Um, I just didn't have a lot of food. And Andrea and I lived like that. And, you know, it. we were in a very poor community when we were living like that as, as well. Other people weren't much better off than we were. But, um, you know, part, part of me, sometimes there's a confidence that comes from, okay, we're going to talk about this, but you don't really have a dog in the fight here. Your words are not that impressive to me. I love how, like when James says, Hey, you want to tell me what you think or believe or what you say, James goes, I'll show you what I believe by what I do. And Paul in Romans 15 comes in and not to mention he's called, he always calls the false teachers, idle talkers. Um, That is my favorite label of a, a false teacher is an idle talker, a do nothing who's got a big mouth. And, and, and what's great is Paul, uh, he says things like the clouds without rain, you know, or Peter says that later. He starts talking about the, the um, uh, you know, ships without sails. Basically, they're going nowhere. They have no power. They, it, it's just this appearance. And uh, Paul in Romans 15 comes in and says, hey, you know, um, I won't boast of anything except for what God accomplished uh, through me. Um, in that the gospel went out. And of course, that's a little bit of a smack talk. And he's he's kind of bumping chess a little bit with those who would talk a great talk and not do anything. So, um, you know, it's interesting because I'm, I'm a, in a little bit different of a place where I've had three years now where I've I've come out of church planning. And that that's it's interesting. It's humbled me to a certain degree because for the last three years, I've not been um practitioner i've been <laughs> been theorizing but you and i know that that won't last long you know the day is very soon coming we're all hop back in so to a certain degree there's a bit of of authority i think that comes from you know just your own experience and so you don't get threatened in the sense where when people want to talk about how mission ought to be funded and this and that you just kind of uh, okay you know that's nice you think that but um, but anyway, so getting into um, this guy, the reason I decided to um, deal with it is because the, the couple of different reasons. Number one, he made a statement that was extremely misleading and extremely dangerous. And I felt that I needed to address it. And as I started to address it, there were one or two ways it could go. Um, he could have simply said, oh, hey, you know, you're right. I misspoke. Or he could say um, double down, as people do often. It becomes about their ego, which it clearly was. And that was very evident by his first response back. And so then that's when I reach out to you and said, hey, this guy, I know he's, he's someone that, you know, you're connected with. Um, you know, just Give me a little bit of a picture. And um, and so it, and it was very accurate what you said, you know, like you're like, dude, I would just advise you not even. But the reason I did, again, two reasons. 
this is not just the internet. This is where I started going when I said, hey, the internet just brings out what we already are. This guy will go into a church, and I even wrote to him, hey, I've watched guys like him. Because I then approached Mike Bonomo, because Mike Bonomo like did a, a picture of like like a little gif of people eating popcorn, and it was an entertaining thread. But it wasn't well, that's why to be. Probably the best comment on the whole thread was your friend who goes, this thread is epic. <laughs> I was dying <laughs> when I saw that, that one. Yeah. yeah, it's hilarious, man. And and so here's here's the great thing is that reason that I decided to engage was um, you're going to find guys like this coming into church. And so I had guys like Mike Bonomo looking over uh, my shoulder. And, you know, a lot of guys – out there may not know this, you know, and for those who don't know, Bonomo is a a pastor in training. So that's what you mean when you say he's looking over your shoulder. Right. And, and a lot of other people that, you know, we raise up. So for example, refuge in long beach, um, founded a network called new breed years ago. I, I trained church planning trainers for sin network. And so, you know, all of these things are people kind of watching saying, well, gosh, I don't, I don't really know how to deal with guys like that. And you will encounter them in the first couple times. It's a little brutal and it can get a little bloody. And so having that is kind of a, a model to say there are ways to uh, encounter these guys. Like you don't, you don't allow them to manipulate you. Like that's exactly what they're going to try to do. And often what will happen is somebody will confront you in church in front of other people like the internet in a public forum. Like uh, it's very, very, very rare that a false teacher will come and accost you in private. They'll wait. They'll wait until you're in front of somebody like a bunch of people. They'll wait until it's in front of a small group, somewhere where you can lose face and they can manipulate you because there are people there publicly and it's just one of the tactics that people use. It's it's a power play. It's all these kinds of things that people do. And I know some of you are like, hey, man, I'm not political at all. I, I don't even care. That's your best defense. That's actually how I am. But that doesn't stop them. And there are ways to diffuse them, despite maybe you not being a political animal. They're still going to be political. And so you kind of have to know how to deal with it. It's kind of like if you got in a fight as a kid um, with another kid. And then one day you come up against somebody who's like, they've studied at the Cobra Kai gym. Cobra Kai never die, you know, and you're a little Danny Russo and you get your butt kicked and you're like, oh, okay. These are new rules. Remember when he gets kicked in the nuts and he's like, oh, you know, then Miyagi goes, you know, hey, wax on, wax off and teaches him, hey, this is how you got to do this. You know, you got to learn to block. You got to learn to do these kinds of things. I just want to talk about crying, kid. I could tell. <laughs> So, so anyways, um, so, you know, part of it is learning and that's what it's funny. Cause I knew Bonobo, Bonobo goes, that's exactly how I was thinking. Bonobo knew. And I actually had a guy reach out to me and say, dude, what's up? Like, you know, you, you don't, I haven't seen you do this in a long time. I am very careful about how I do it, but it started with something that was said that was very false about Jesus. Um, that Jesus here, here was a statement. I, I quoted Orwell who, again, remember, was a socialist, and he was critiquing socialism from the inside. And I heard this quote. It made me think. So, you know, being the, the I guess, the idiot I am, I put it on Facebook going, hey, this might make other people think. It's an interesting thought. But, of course, 
is we've talked about before, Pete. Americans are feelers, mm. not thinkers. Yeah. Right? I know that's a generalization, but typically as a culture, we get really emotional. Now, I got to tell you, in, in Britain, that's not the case. If you go to England and you sit down with people and you – if I – that same statement out, people would, would rationalize about it almost coldly. You know, they'd say, well, you know, it's an interesting thought. I, I wonder, have you thought about this? And that it's the idea. It's not all this emotion, you know. You know, uh, it's not all this anger. There's a reserve. There's a, a calm, controlled uh, ability to rationalize and point and counterpoint and have a debate and have a discussion. And they can debate, but it doesn't turn into this giant, like, temper tantrum. So, uh, so I thought, you know, this would be a great way to make people think. But the statement that the guy made, and, you know, by the way, we're not here to bag on him at all. You know, that Pete and I were talking like that would do absolutely no one any favors. So please don't misunderstand us. We want to use this as an example that when you have someone come in, like, for example, that, you know, let's say you're in the study in a small group, you're doing Q&A and somebody does this or they drop it on your Facebook wall. You're going to encounter this. <clears throat> Sometimes you just deflect it really quickly. Like if someone publicly exposed you, you'd say or tried to embarrass you publicly or whatever, you would just say, hey, um, you know, let's talk about that. I'm, I'm interested to hear what you say. You know, you always take the high road. That's rule number one. You never, ever. um you never get down to that level. Um, so you always maintain your integrity, right? Um, I knew going into this that it wouldn't take long before he, he got exposed for what he is. Part of it is discernment. Part of it's experience. I've dealt with guys like this. I wrote to Bonomo and said, hey, you know, guys like this, basically, they've been around a long time. And he kind of probably doesn't realize that those of us that have been in ministry for decades, for me, it's 25 years going on 30. I, that means I've had that many years dealing with guys like him, you know, under my belt. And so there's a uh, it's a little harder to back me into a corner or to manipulate or to embarrass me in a public scenario like that. So um, the second rule is you never uh, let them choose the battlefield. So, for example, he was dying to get us on his pet topic, right? He kept trying to derail the conversation and twist the statements into his argument. And if if you go and look on my Facebook wall and you look at the post, you'll notice I don't enter into that with him. I keep to the one point, which is that's not what Jesus meant, Um you know, Jesus does not justify hating the rich. So the statement that I made about Orwell was it, the, the, the social, socialists do not truly care for the poor. They merely hate the rich. Now, that's an oversimplification. You know, somebody said, hey, it's too broad. A general. Of course it is. But most quotes are right. Nothing's universally true. In fact, one guy got in there and he said, <clears throat> I love this quote. It's one of my favorites. Um, Spurgeon used to quote it. He said, uh, never, never wrestle with a pig. Um, Spurgeon didn't say wrestle, but that's a Southern take on it. Never wrestle with a pig. You both get dirty, but the pig enjoys it. So here's the deal. Um, and I, and I wrote back, those are wise words. Ones I usually follow. However, I wish they were universally true, but alas, you know, ministering is a dirty job and sometimes you have to get dirty doing it. And then, you know, I pointed out that, Hey, there was a, 
a bit of false teaching there that when he said that, uh, when I said they merely hate the rich, um, the gentleman came on and it said, well, uh, uh, there's a lot to hate. I hear that uh, it's harder to go through the eye of the needle, a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for the rich to get to heaven and enter the kingdom of heaven, which is a direct quote from Jesus. But it was a statement he made above it that I took issue. There is much to hate about, you know, there's much to hate with the rich. So what he was saying was that Jesus and he kept reemphasizing that Jesus's teaching about rich people justifies our hatred of them, which is so preposterous. Well, wrong. and he goes into that in more detail later on and says right. just really really bad theological things about the rich. Like this is what Jesus was saying. And right. it was like, no, if Jesus wanted to say that, he would have said that. Right. That's not so what he when saying. he gave it's funny because almost right away he said, you know, are do you mean because I said, hey, you know, my understanding, I was very respectful. My understanding of that passage is that Jesus is saying it's hard for them to let go of things and to reach out for him, which is true. It's it's the same reason a legalist, uh, you know, Jesus told the Pharisees that, you know, sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes are, are leapfrogging over you into the kingdom of heaven because it's hard for them to let go of their right. Everybody has things that are hard to let go of. Sure. That doesn't mean theologically that Jesus is saying, oh, yeah, hey, all you poor people, it's it's much easier for you to come to heaven. Um, you know, rich people, though, you know, because the disciples say, well, who then can be saved? And Jesus says, with God, all things are possible. It's every time anyone gets saved, it's an absolute miracle. It's Paul equates it in Ephesians with the same miracle of raising Jesus from the dead. It's it's a greater miracle because Jesus was righteous. But you are a sinner for you to be brought back to life uh, from the dead spiritually. That is a greater possible miracle. Jesus was just, therefore, God would not allow him to see decay. There was no reason he had to stay down because he had never sinned. He wasn't under the curse of the law. So that was, it's a great miracle to us, but your salvation is an even greater miracle theologically, according to Paul. So here's, here's the deal is, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, he wanted to wrestle. Now I've got an amazing theology. Um, it's, you know, it, doesn't mean a lot, but I have read, you know, triple my weight in theological books. I mean, it's just something that I used to love. It was my hobby, um, yada, yada, yada. But the reality is when it, it came to this, I wasn't going to engage him. I could have trounced him, but that wasn't the point. I wasn't concerned about winning an argument. As soon as you get concerned about winning an argument, you're off. And that's why I say never let your opponent choose a battlefield. He had his push button responses and he was begging and goading and chiding to get me to come into his arena. It's kind of like if you ever saw Rocky, because now I want to talk about Rocky. If you ever saw Rocky when he gets in the ring with Hulk Hogan, right? And, and he's getting his butt kicked, right? Because Hulk Hogan's a wrestler. Hey, who's, who's carrying him? No one. He's walking. <laughs> Exactly. And so here's the deal. You, you, you got to, you know, when, when you're, when you're doing that, he, he wanted to do it. My goal wasn't to win an argument. My goal in that was to, there were three people, like I said, there were people looking on like Bonomo and others I trained, 
and leaders. The reason we do this podcast, anything is to help you guys learn how to deal with almost anything that ministry throws at you. Number two, there were the people that I'm thinking of the babes who are very young in the faith and they don't know any better. And right now we're going to hear a lot of things that people are going to try to um, proclaim, particularly in this, you know, political climate where socialism looks really good to this younger generation. And they're thinking, hey, you know, government, give me free things. And it's going to sound and and the only other time I jumped in on the thread was to clarify that Acts 2, 42 and 40 through 45 does not. Is not a mandate for socialism when it says that they are uh, they all gave, you know, whoever, whoever was in need. They gave their things, you know, sold them. It's kind of like people having a garage sale. It's people saying, hey, I have a little more that I can part with because God is moving right now in revival at, at Pentecost here. And if, if you know anything about Jewish, the, the Jerusalem swelled, they think, uh, by a few million people. So when you read that all these crowds are there, there's a pilgrimage. What a lot of people don't realize is you couldn't worship. You couldn't make a sacrifice anywhere else in Israel. You had to make that pilgrimage at Passover, and it was required for you to do so if you were a Hebrew. You were required to make that pilgrimage once a year to atone for your sins. And if you were if you were spread abroad and you couldn't, you could celebrate the Passover. But there were three feasts that all good Jews would try to make, and that was um, the uh, the the I think it was the Feast of Tabernacles. It started earlier in the week, the Passover, and then Pentecost. And what you would do is you would come for those three, and you would stay in Jerusalem during that time, and then you would go. Well, so when the Bible talks about those in need, it's talking about those you know, 5,000 men, not counting women and children. And then the next week, 3,000 more, I believe. Or sorry, maybe I got that flip-flop. But there, there, were, there were tons of people, like within a very short span of time, you've got like 8,000 people being joined to the church who were really migrants. They, they were pilgrims. They weren't residents. So now they need places to stay. They're only planning on staying for a few weeks. Now they're staying for months. How are they going to eat? They don't have jobs. Um, this is not a mandate for socialism. This was literally um, saying that God, the spirit broke out. All these people got saved. They decided to stay and devote themselves and meet daily with the apostles. And then they go back. And someone on Facebook said, well, how do you know? Where is it saying in the scripture that's the case? And I, I, I won't do people's homework for them. So, but if you go, you know, just, I just don't have time to try, you know, I would more be apt to link an article and say, read this, make your own decision. But well, I do enough writing. That, and that's what I brought it. up with uh, when Patrick and I were talking, I was yeah. like, look at what Peter said to Ananias. I mean, he was like, look, before you sold everything, was it not yours? And then after you sold it, was the money still not yours? Like there yeah. was no... You know, that was oh, ours. Oh, yeah, because I, I shared that quote as well. I didn't oh, know did you had shared that. Okay, yeah, I didn't realize that. 
Yeah, I shared that. I shared that same quote. It was funny because you and I think married each other. We've talked so much over the years. <laughs> We're like an old married couple, you know. Cause because at one point I was going to write, "Shush, the adults are talking," and I looked at like. <laughs> Because he came back in later, and I was like, "No, we're, we're done with you." Like, shush, the adults are talking now, you know. And 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 I will talk about that. Is it is it okay sometimes to be a little sassy? And, I, and I was a little, a little bit more harsh. I was like, "You already got a royal spanking in this post. Just go away. Yeah. The adults are talking." Right. <laughs> right. So and you so have here's, you have here's much a, more discernment a, than me. Well, no, and here's the thing: is you know, I mean, when when it says that at Pentecost, all these people from other countries gathered there and each heard them in their own language. It's pretty obvious. These are not residents in Jerusalem. And, you know, so I don't really want to belabor that point. We're not so much dealing, but again, there's a lot of misunderstanding. And I think this generation reads the Bible so little that they would use these passages as a justification for socialism, which it clearly is not. This was circumstantial. And even to the point where, when Paul comes to widows, well, well a lot of people and, don't realize. And, I mean, to be clear, and this isn't going to be a, a socialism podcast, though I do think it's an interesting topic to address. It really is, yeah. The difference, too, between socialism and what the early church did is one is forced. I, you know, I use the, the statement at gunpoint. Like in the United States, you pay taxes right. at gunpoint because if you don't pay taxes, the guys with guns come over your house, arrest you, and throw you in jail. So it's it's done at gunpoint. That's socialism. But in the church, it's done by choice. And there's a huge right. difference in that. You're choosing, I'm giving up my property and giving it to God and doing what he's Correct. commanded me to do. But it's like the point that I was trying to make in my post is God always gives you the choice. Like he tells you, this is my commandment, but you can choose to follow it or not follow it. And he wants you to follow it, but it's a choice that you get. It's not forced. He doesn't, he doesn't put the gun to your head and say, you're going to sell all your property and give it to the church and let, let the leaders of the church divvy it up. Right. Absolutely. And, and the interesting thing is what I was going to say too, is yes, it's free. will. Barnabas was rich by the way. Um, and, and, and I don't post all this stuff because at least with the original guy, I, I did post some of this with another guy because the other guy was in a different category. Um, you know, Jude, at the very end of Jude, um, we see a, a, a different category um, presented of where people are at and how to, how to deal with people when it comes to false teaching a little bit differently. Let me just pull that up. Um, see if I can find it here. Um, he says... Verse 21, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. It leads to eternal life. Verse 22, and have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. And so you've got different people. You know, there's people that they're doing okay, but they've got a little bit of doubt. There's others that are like, they're in the fire. Like they're just, they're just. And that's a strong, that's like saying they're damned if they don't get off this road. And then the last one is, um, to others, show mercy with fear. These are people that um, are corrupted. So there's people standing tr- uh, true that are doubting. There's people that are fully in the fire. They're, they're, they're in a bad way. Like if something's not done, they're in trouble. And then the last person is somebody who's been caught up in it 
And he says, show mercy with a fear of hating even garments stained by the flesh, which it, which is an Old Testament um, reference to like a leprosy. They, you're going to need to treat them, but they're diseased. And so, you know, this is this is what you're dealing with. And so on Facebook, you're going to find these different people in different categories. This guy right away from the beginning of his response, I knew he's a wolf. You know, he's he's coming in. He is probably left a trail of broken and confused Christians behind him. Um, he's probably caused a lot of ministers to get very deeply active in prayer. <laughs> oh, please, God, let him leave. But, you know, the, the, the fact is, is he kind of he kind of needed a little bit of a butt kicking. And I kind of knew that by his first initial responses to my um, my initial uh, text. And so, you know, I wasn't going to go in again. Don't let him choose a battlefield. I wasn't going to go into the fact that Barnabas was rich. I wasn't going to go into the fact that Paul's family is rich, that Paul eventually with um, Aquila and Priscilla built the empire. And some people say, well, how do you get that from? Because Priscilla and Aquila owned three homes. They were very rich and Paul was their partner. The Bible does tell some stuff you have to be, you know, you have to infer. And I was dying to say, hey, look, um, you got to use common sense sometimes when you interpret the Bible. Um, I can help you interpret it, but I can't give you the common sense that you need. Like I, you're beyond, I, I, I can't help you with that, but you got to use that. And so is it okay sometimes? Are you a little saucy? Yes, it is. If you read Paul, um, and some people say, well, he's not Jesus. Jesus was saucy. Um, if you if you watch Jesus, and this is kind of my point, sometimes you have to get in a fight. We have not on a Facebook wall forever because some people will be like, oh, well, dude, you know, now you're tarnished. Now you're dirty like the pig, like we were saying earlier. But the reality is, is that we have the gospel of John. And there are multiple chapters in there of Jesus fighting with the Pharisees because sometimes you got to fight. Look, I don't buy this thing that we can just use social media to like advertise our church and say things that get a bunch of applause and never take up the shield and the sword and the responsibility to defend the faith. I mean, Jude says earnestly contend for the faith as one man. We have to sometimes turn and say that's error. And my brother, who was on that post as and came out very clearly as an atheist, actually said, you're the reason to this guy that I just don't even take Christians serious anymore. Guys like you. And he unloaded on him. And it was interesting that this guy didn't respond back. But my brother will sometimes ask me, why is it that you guys that are supposed to be gospel ministers, you just let this stuff go? Like, and then we go, oh, well, because we don't want to fight. No, the fact is you don't want to lose personal approval ratings. And I knew that it would cost me. I know that even some of you listening here are probably like, why is Peyton doing this? Like I said, I got a message. Dude, what, what's going on? I haven't seen you do this in a while. Because there is a time to do it. There is a time where, like I said, those three people in Jude, there is a time um, for those that are struggling or those that are going to be turned around by this. Um, those that aren't strong enough in their faith, they needed that. And then, like I said, he needed a little bit of a butt kicking. I mean, could I have created a worse monster? Sure. But I think he'll think twice before he starts spouting off his crap, you know, because he got trounced. I mean, he absolutely got trounced. He got trounced in his arguments, he really which did. other people did engage him. Yeah. And I mean, because after I was like, look, let the adults talk. 
he private messaged me, you know, and starts it out with FUP and goes into his yeah. tirade right. with me. And so when I was responding to him in my private message, I must have rewritten that thing like four or five times because I didn't want to be harsh back to him because I could tell there's something going on. I'm like, so many things did not make sense to me in what he was saying, the ramblings. Right. I was like, dude, what the heck is going on? Right. And, and so I wanted to be careful in how I responded to him because I personally was like, look, and I even said this, like one of the first things I go, look, I, I, right now you're not willing to to hear anybody. Like you're, you only want to talk and you only want us to agree with you. You're not, you're not going to take anything anyone says, but I wanted to like leave the door open. Hey, one day maybe he'll see the errors of his ways. And I don't want him to think that the door is closed with me. Like right. you can come back, man. I mean, there's forgiveness, there's grace. And, right. um, and then you said, cause then I copied you. I would like give you screenshots of it and he still like comes out and attacks me. And I'm like, yeah, just like I said, you're not going to listen to anyone. And then he comes back, you know, no one's take, no one's, uh, no one's, uh, responding to my biblical points that I made. And all I did was I gave him a thumbs up. <laughs> I'm like, dude, because but, but in a way, we're, yeah, we're not, we're not, way, you just want to, you want to trap us into talking about your thing. You're not well, going to listen to anything you response, say. Yeah. My response to him was because no one takes you seriously here anymore. And, and that's exactly, that was my goal at the start was to pull his teeth out. And I actually made that comment that, you know, somebody said, Oh dude, language. And I had to write and say, Hey, you know, um, in fact, let me let me pull it up and read it because it's very important to hear this. The couple times where I spoke around him um, is me jumping in and saying, "Okay, this is the instructional point that I want you to get here." So when um, let me pull it up, it's right after the Captain America post. He says, uh, "I said it's only a matter of time until he exposed himself for what he is, which is what I expected." After lecturing everyone else, he finally dropped the passive-aggressive mask and went full-bore aggressive. Sad thing is he doesn't realize some of us have decades of dealing with people like him under our belts. And then he was easy to see through at the start. I think it's good for others to hear it, see it, and learn from it. Trey Jones played him like a fiddle and brought it out more quickly. Trey, my brother, was he talked to me, called me up, and he said, hey, I'm going to go after this guy. I see what he's doing on your wall. And I said, no, you don't have to do that. I Look, I... um. You know, I, uh, I'll, I'll be able to, to chat with him. My brother goes, well, I won't if you don't want me. And I said, no, man, go for it. I, I'm, I'm more than happy to. But, you know, um, he, he'll get there eventually. My brother's like, oh, no, I, 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 I know guys like this well. He goes, I'll push his buttons. And he goes, we'll, we'll, we'll get the real him to come out. And, of course, that's what he does. So, I would, uh, frankly, I pity him. But I've seen guys like him wreak havoc in church just spouting pompous things and trying to intimidate intimidate others. He's had his teeth pulled now. So, you know, the, at that point, once he started dropping F-bombs on there, he was done. Right? right. There was nobody who really cared about what the Bible said. Like, really, you can't really care about what the Bible says and be dropping F-bombs. So, and, and you'll see this a lot with liberal people, that the Bible means something when they want it to. And it doesn't when they don't want it to. And it just, it's so easy to blow that off and say, well, here's the thing. I'm like, the Bible really talks like words are important. How you speak is important. 
Um, that I mean, you, we could just we could do a whole podcast on that, you know, because there's this whole Christian cussing, you know, movement right now where people are justifying it. And I'm sorry, I've never seen it glorify God or bring out a Christ-like attitude um, when you cuss. Cussing is linked to aggression. And, you know, it's it's kind of the thing where um, I'm just not going to, um, I'm not going to take the guy seriously when I see that he can't have a civil conversation. Now, for a brother to go in there and start calling him names, that's fine. Um, that's That's what he... That's how he speaks, but he does not claim to be a follower of Jesus. Um, but for this other guy, he just he basically undermined himself, not only by his behavior, which when you when you juxtapose the behavior, um, you know, he he tried to kind of troll like he goes, oh, are you I guess you're less shocked in about what uh, Jesus uh, said than the disciples, you know, because it says they were shocked about this. And I said, no, no less shocked, just more accurate than you. No less shocked than they just more accurate than you. And what I was doing there was when I could see his responses were more about ego and winning, I started playing his ego a bit. So I started poking at it. And what what will happen, again, I wasn't engaging his argument necessarily. It was, it was very light and I wasn't going to get drawn into his arena. But as he took that kind of uh, pie shot, you know, I, I wasn't going to be a soft target. And just know this, guys, that sometimes people will see you as a pastor being a soft target. Never forget something that Alistair Begg said at a conference. He said, I've learned as I've gotten older that you hit that stuff head on. You know, when someone's trying to come up to you and publicly do that, he goes, just hit him. He goes, it's like a dog. He goes, you know, you, you go into someone's house and you walk into the living room and Fifi's jumping up on their legs, you know, and they're like, oh, no, sorry, sorry, Fifi, Fifi, no, Fifi, no, oh, sorry, Fifi. And he goes, you know what? You know why Fifi keeps doing that? Because I never rolled up a newspaper and whacked Fifi on the nose. He goes, it's kind of like a bully. There's a lot of bullies in churches. And he goes, the thing you do with a bully is you punch him in the nose. You do that early on and you don't deal with the bully for years. You deal with the bully once. And even if they kick the crap out of you, a bully's not going to come up to you again if you punch him in the face. Right. If you hurt them, they'll pick on soft targets. And that's what bullies do. And that's what this guy was kind of doing. He was coming around thinking, oh, there's a minister. I can I can bully this guy a little bit. And that just wasn't going to happen. I mean, you know me well enough. Pete. That's not going to happen. You know? Yeah. You um, know, it, the, the whole thing was was really interesting, to say the least. But, yeah, you know, and, and part of the thought that was going through my head and I know you recently read Francis Chan's uh, letters to the church, and uh, I know that that he, you know, pretty much copied everything from uh, Reaching the Unreached, which was really cool of Francis to do. It, you know, it was nice. I really <laughs> wish he would have put this in the notes, though. Well, me, because huh, you're not in it. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but he brought out, and I think it was in his book that he brought out the uh, the story of David when there was the fool who was like yelling at David. And, and, you know, David's guy was like, Hey, you want me to shut him up? And he goes, no, in case he's got something I actually need to hear. Like David was willing to listen to a fool because he knew that even a fool could deliver a message to him that maybe he needed. And, and I I thought that was interesting because in, in business, it's kind of the same way for me in that I don't care how much uh, or how little someone's a partner in a business 
Right. If they're speaking, I want to hear it, no matter how how bad I might think the idea is, because I realize they got a vested interest, and they're they're not going to intentionally give me you know a bad idea because they got a vested interest. So I'm I'm always like willing right. to hear anything from someone who's got a vested interest. And so I thought it was interesting because you know the thought went through my head as well. You know, you got to kind of listen to the guy to hear is there some value to what he's saying. Of course. And then at the same time, you're like, okay, he's actually not trying to say anything for the value of it. He's literally looking for a fight that he wants to win. Oh, yeah. That's that's what his point is. He wasn't there to help anyone understand more clearly. His motive was to clearly cause grief and to troll and to punk people. And it's kind of like Alfred said to Batman. Some some men just want to watch it burn, you know, for the fun of it, for the heck of it, for the giggles. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you deal with that in a church, the aftermath? So let's say it's in a church setting, not online. You've dealt with it temporarily and the guy shows up for church next Sunday. What, what, what do you do? Well, if he goes, if he goes to my church, um, then I'm going to, of course, reach out to him outside of that sphere. I, I would say almost every time you have something in a public forum, you shut it down. Like, in other words, um, you know, like for, for me, I shut them down. Right. But I would in a, in a, I don't have the opportunity to meet him face to face on Facebook, but what I would do is I would easily show if we're, we're in a small group and he's pulling that. I say, Hey man, look, uh, that's cool. I can see you're really passionate about that, but we're not actually talking. And if he goes, why not? I say, well, because I'm the teacher and I prepared for another subject. Well, you mean we just can't talk? You know what? You're being rude right now. Um, I'm more than happy to get together with you, but I'd really like to keep us on topic. Do you, do you see how I'm not arguing? I'm not taking up as what I'm doing is I'm pointing out his behavior now. And if he keeps on and they say, you know, brother, look, um, I've already told you you're being rude and you're being rude and it's getting really awkward here. And I, I, I think everyone else here would just really like to get back on topic. Um, I, 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 you know, this is a part of part of being an adult, you know, I mean, I, you don't have to go that far. You don't have to insult them, but I, I it would eventually start going that way. You know, and if the guy gets up and storms out fine, it's his behavior. I'm going to take the, the high road though. And I'm going to, I'm going to kind of keep deflecting him. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. And that helps out. So, a lot, but what you want to do is you want to get outside of that public form. You, you can't be manipulated. So like I said, like, it's kind of like a teenager. Some of you guys have kids where they'll do, you'll be like, Hey, and they want to argue right there. And you're not going to argue right there. You're, you're always trying to get them outside of that meeting to talk. Um, in his case, now this is a little bit different. I don't want to confuse you guys. Just, you know, tuck that away. Keep that with you. Always good. It's like when someone comes to you in front of the people and says, hey, why can't we do this as a church? If you're in a team leadership, you say, oh, it's a great idea. You know what? I'll, I'll take that to the leaders. We'll talk about it and get back to you. Done. You didn't say no. You, you, you literally said, I have other people I need to talk to about that. You know, I mean, it used to be before team leadership, the pastor go, I'll pray about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but it is a deflection and you have to do it because sometimes people try to force you to give an answer when you're not ready to give an answer. And you should never feel like you have to give an answer when you're not ready. Um, so anyways, but, but with this guy, had he come to me 
privately in uh, Messenger, unless it was absolute repentance, um, I, I would have taken it back out in public. I would have said, hey, just responding to your private message. Um, you wrote boom, boom, boom. Let me give you a response. I would not let him take it to a private message on there because what what people do is they try to save face. And I'm not going to let him save face. I want him to repent. I want him to come to a point where he's like, okay, look, I blew it. Um, it it's not that hard to get online. In fact, I think he could have easily brought it back um, and said, hey, guys, look, I'm, 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 I'm being a moron. You know, sorry, everybody. I, I've had a bad day. You know, every single person on that post would have forgiven him. Yeah. If he had done that. Yeah, but, see, but that wasn't said. that wasn't his deal at all. Like he he wasn't looking for he wasn't even looking to really engage. He wanted to, like you said, watch the world burn. That was his thing, right. and you could tell it, right. which is why no one wanted to have the conversation with him. It was right. like you're not going to listen. I'll give you I'll give you a, a good example of guys who I really really respect. Uh, in their ministry, and that's the apologetics.com guys. And right. I'm friends with a lot of them on Facebook, and they love to get into dialogues about all of this stuff, socialism, yes. yeah. whatever, but it's always respectful. Um, right. And there's no name calling or anything like that. And they used to run a big message board. And when people would do that, they would ban them. They'd be like, look, you yeah. want to have a conversation? I don't care if you're an atheist. Let's have the conversation. But we don't it, go to it's that. It's interesting because my wife asked, she said, hey, don't you think you should kind of moderate? And I said, well, you know, I, I'm kind of torn on that one because if if we were in a small group now, I would say, hey, guys, be respectful. But on this, I actually felt when the atheist comes in there swinging and you've pushed his buttons, I kind of think you need to listen. I know. You know what I'm right? Cause isn't I, I that, kinda, the point? that was kind of a game changer on that post was like, okay, at this point now you need to hear this because someone has just told you your type of Christianity is the reason they don't believe. Well, and see, and that was the other thing too, that, you know, one of his, his arguments that he made in the post, in the message to me, the private message to me is you don't know the, the Bible. You, you haven't studied the Bible enough, you know, because Really, you know, unless we agree with him, we don't we don't study the Bible enough. And and I was like, okay, first of all, I can tell that you're missing key points of the Bible. So right. that's kind of ridiculous. But the the point that I want to make here is that the Bible's pretty clear. Like if you have a problem with another believer, they there's guidelines. Here's how you deal with it. You know, go to them right. privately. Um, what does it go to them with two or three others, you know, and then if they're still not listening, then you go public with it. And it's like, yeah. And you don't know these guys in Peyton's world. You don't know if they got saved yesterday and yeah. now all of a sudden you're like, you know, Oh, you're not a good enough Christian. Well, they're probably thinking, there, yeah, I got saved yesterday. Of course I'm There not. were at least three what I would consider very dangerous people that made comments on, and I mean dangerous, like who made comments on that post. And when I say dangerous, I don't mean like, like they're friends of mine. They're people that they're the good guys, but they're very dangerous. And like you said, some are non-believers. And one on there is a very 
new believer, and I'm still not sure what he's capable of, but I wouldn't want to be on the wrong side of him. So as as we're looking at that, it's kind of like a, a uh, yeah, you got to be careful with some of these people because, you know, when, when you start kind of going for the jugular with some of these people, uh, it's not smart. You know, it's really not smart. You don't know who these people are. Yeah, so, I remember yeah. one time I said something, and I don't even remember what it was. And it was either on Bonomo's post, or I tagged Bonomo. I, I don't remember what it was. And Bonomo reached out to me. He's like, "Hey, I got a lot of non-saved people in my friends, and I don't want them to see that." And I was like, "Dude, mm. good call. I'm deleting it. Yeah. Boom. Right. I, you know, I shouldn't. Right. Have, I don't even remember what it was now. Maybe he does." <laughs> I say all kinds of stupid stuff all the time, but he, he called me out privately and was like, dude, I got a lot of non-safe people. I, I don't want them seeing this. And I'm like, great call, man. I wasn't thinking when I wrote that I'm deleting it, whatever it was. I don't remember right. what it was, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's right. And it's, it's fair. You know, I, I reached out to, to someone last week and just said, Hey, you know, you're, you're posting that John MacArthur thing about when he preaches on joy. And I'm like, I probably wouldn't, it's funny, but I probably wouldn't post that just because as a gospel minister to tear down another gospel minister or to any way undermine that guy, it's probably just not a good call. Um, cause he, you know, you, you may think it's true and you may think it's funny, but it's, it's probably not cool. And, you know, I, I don't know that Jesus would be cool with it. And I, I, there was a check in my spirit and I was even about ready to send it on personal messenger. And then my spirit checked again, like, why would I do that to another gospel minister? You know, it was just a check in my spirit. Like, I don't know. I want to undermine this dude to anybody, you know, because of his responsibility. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the whole thing with Facebook, you know, with any of the social medias, we have changed as a, as a society, right? Where first it was, you know, kind of like the 2.0 generation. Now we can comment back. And now we're kind of in that 3 or 4.0 generation where I can be the star. And right. we have to take into consideration all that stuff. And that's why, for me, I, I am nowhere near as good as you. Like, you were really good at not being political. Um when we have mass shootings, I have to leave all the well, Facebook. Well, we see what happens when I do make a political post, <laughs> I know, eh? Right? <laughs> I mean, that was an epic post. It really was. <laughs> but, like, when when I um, – w- whenever there's a mass shooting, I have to leave all the Facebook groups that I'm in that right. are, are gun-related because right. all those guys will post all these – to me, they're great memes. And I, I'm like, right. yeah, that's a good one. And I'll just start sharing them. I'm like, dude, but I'm not being sensitive <laughs> to everyone right, right. now. And like, right. even right now, I caught no, myself. That's, that's a good call, man. The, the last you know week or so, I've been like posting all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, this is a really good point. And I'm like, uh, but am I crossing that line again where it's going to damage my ability to minister someone? You know? Right. And and that's here's, the thing. Here's the thing. You try and- to. The balance yeah, act. dude, totally. Absolutely. And I think we always got to be thinking like, let's say, for example, you meet with a wolf or a false teacher or whatever outside, because I would put this guy in the category of false teacher simply because anytime someone tells me Jesus's teachings justify the hatred of anyone, you can put rich person, gay person, whatever, that it teaches me there's a lot to hate about them based on his words. I'm going to move you into the false teacher category if you cannot be corrected. 
right? He is he has moved from the one that I take from, you know, the, the you know, fearful, you know, I show mercy, but um, fearful of even uh, clothes stained by the flesh, right? Uh, that's different to me. That's it is now, buddy. You're in the fire now because you're, and I'm not saying he's condemned. What I'm saying is you're in such a dangerous place. You're willfully here now. And you won't respond to any correction. And Paul actually, normally my tact is where Paul says, have nothing to do with foolish and stupid arguments um, in Titus 3. And then in the very next verse, he goes on to say, um, warn a divisive person once and then a second time. And after that, have nothing to do with them, convince that they are warped and sinning. So, uh, you know, that, that's why sometimes you have people go, dude, you're in sin. It's obvious. Like when you've been around a while, like Paul, Paul was a veteran. He knew he was like, when a guy's acting like that, there's a much deeper problem. There is normally a sinful lifestyle underneath. There's a lot more dysfunction, spiritually speaking, and the mouth is speaking out of the overflow of the heart. So when you're dealing with that kind of thing, you know, like I said, but that was a warning. That was more like an online warning rather than have nothing to do with. And, and it's interesting because the normally I would have nothing to do with, but it, it's a balance call. You know, it's kind of a judgment. I made a calculated decision that I am going to speak and correct this false teaching. And guys, you will have to do this. Like I said, you're going to have to make a choice in future. The, 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 when it gets wrong is when you do it as a, as a jerk, like you become a raging jerk and let your emotions take control of you. So what you need to do, if your emotion starts getting carried away, you need to stop. So there were times where I'd read a post and I'd get all fired up and I'd say, I'm going to respond to that in a couple hours. I'm going to think about that and pray about that. Then I'm going to respond. And sometimes my responses were saucy. They would be a little, little sarcastic, but Paul gets sarcastic with the false teachers. There are times he goes, hey, circumcision group, I wish they'd just go the whole way and emasculate themselves. Now, <laughs> if, if you know what Paul's saying, he's talking about circumcision. He says, I wish they'd go further. In a, he's literally saying, I wish they'd move that knife up to the shaft of the penis and cut it off. Well, okay, Paul, you know, because then they can't reproduce. Like that's kind of, there's humor in that. There's frustration coming out in that. And it might have been one of those things right after the letter was sent after he clicked the email, you know, the send button. He was like, oh, I wish I could get that back. You know, he might have cooled down a bit. No, and he, he wrote a to... letter. He didn't have email, man. He had plenty of time to go back and change it. <laughs> well, and, and here's the thing is he's not writing that. Um, he's still suffering malaria. He's dictating it. You can imagine the guy writing and he's going, uh, Paul, are you sure? It might have been Tychicus. And he's like, uh, or he might have laughed and said, you're not going to say that. Yes, I am. You know, you, you don't know, you know, but there's there's clearly emotion and angst. And here's the thing. We got to be aware of that. So if if your emotion and, and I'm not saying Paul was wrong. There. In fact, I would say that Paul at that point, he's dealing with life and death and their soul. And there is a time, guys, where we have to jump in and say, OK, this is an issue of truth. Kind of like Walter Martin said, controversy for the sake of controversy, sin. But controversy for the sake of truth is a divine command. And if I only see people on social media um, you know, kind of promoting and never ever getting their hands dirty and saying, you know, this is the point where maybe I get more dislikes. Maybe I lose respect. Maybe I lose credibility because I got a tangle today. 
I got to get down in the mud and wrestle with the pigs a little bit. I mean, Jesus did a lot of wrestling with pigs. So did Paul. And we're told it's a duty. And quite frankly, I think the, 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 the world at large is in such a mess because we're afraid to do our duty. We're afraid to, because we've seen so many people that do screw it up. So many people that do just rage and drop F bombs when they feel they're losing an argument, like our friend. But if you can keep your holy, if you can be like Jesus, where you can have these debates and you can still stay godly. I mean, Jesus says some sharp things and don't be afraid to say sharp things sometimes. Just, you know, make sure that it's calculated and balanced. Um, I say some harsh things in this post, but it's calculated. You can tell when you're reading it, this is calculated. What he's saying here. I, I think so. Anyways, I mean, when I read it, it's how maybe it comes across different to you guys, but I wrote these things carefully and there's times I edit it, <laughs> but said. like Jesus, where he says, you're like your father, the devil. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. You, you know, I don't know how, how you, 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 you take that, but I mean, that just wouldn't float on social media today. And yet Jesus says that, and it's written down in something that's going to far outlast my Facebook post. You, um, you, you said duty. <laughs> Are you telling me it's time to end here? <laughs> yeah, we're way it's over. It's been a long one. Yeah. But but guys, I hope that helps. If you guys have any questions, if there's anything that this is raised, because it's complicated, and a lot of times it comes with experience, you know, a lot of this wrangling. Like I said, I knew going in, these are the three reasons I'm doing I spell them out to Mike Bonomo. I knew, okay, this is just one of those times, you know, and you guys will see on my Facebook post, it's very rare. But I... I, I kind of got a sense, and part of it, I think, was discernment. I got a sense that this guy just does this with people anyways. And I was like, you know, Betty doesn't, doesn't often come across people that know how to handle him. I'm going to handle him today. And I, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to maybe spare someone some pain down the road. And maybe, maybe it will recalibrate him a bit. Now, you know, we haven't yet to see. I don't think... I'll be seeing them post on my on my wall anytime soon, anyways. You know, but we'll, we'll see. Then again, he turned up a couple times like a bad penny, and I was like, "Well, now I'm kind of shocked about that." You know, that was that was when you're like, "Dude, you already got a butt whooping on here. What are you doing? <laughs> what, are you, what are you back for, man? <laughs> Did you like this? Yeah, <laughs> punish me." So okay, so here here we go, Pete. With all that uh, chasing after false teachers, well, and dealing yeah, with yeah. Words, you know, when you're getting trolled. You don't have time to deal <laughs> with <laughs> payroll and taxes and all of that stuff. So, you know, if you've got a lot of trolls in your life, you need to head on down to SimplifyChurch.com because they can help with all the non-troll activities. They can be. And, you know, they have many different services. They have bookkeeping, they have things to do with IRS compliance. It's all part of the same package deal, too. They also provide admin assistance, and one of their new services is they have Troll Helper, where they will actually come on and respond to trolls I was for so you. thinking they need to add a troll, <laughs> simplifytroll.com. Troll simplifier. Simplify your troll. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, hey, guys, don't feed the trolls unless you have to, and you'll know when, you know, if it's, if it's dictated by emotion. That's a good indicator to stay away. But if it's if it's dictated by compassion, like Jude talks about at the end, and you truly have those other people in mind, then you'll feel it. You'll feel, feel it in your spirit and go for it. Well, guys, thanks for joining us today. 
This has been Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones reminding you, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, stay away from those trolls and go do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music